0: up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com the central bank of nigeria cbn says that it plans to launch the pilot scheme of its central bank digital currency CBDC on October 1st, 2021, Nigeria's Independence Day. At a press briefing, Director IT Department at the CBN, Rakia Mohammed, said that Apex Bank has been conducting research in regard to central bank digital currencies since the year 2017, and we conduct a proof of concept before the end of this year. The initiative tagged project giant uses a blockchain technology known as the Hyperledger Fabric Blockchain, and the CBN has called this CBDC the e-Naira. It will be a legal tender for the entire country and have non-interest bearing CBDC status, a transaction limit for customers and a value based transaction limit. According to the CBN, it will issue its own wallet called the Speed Wallet, but the wallet will not compete with existing banks. To use the eNaira to transact, users will have to download the Speed Wallet, validate their account on the wallet by using either their phone number, national identity number NIN, or bank verification number BVN. And once this is done, users can begin to use the wallet. According to the presentation by the Central Bank of Nigeria, users will be able to send money using peer-to-peer, otherwise known as P2P transactions, through their wallets to other wallet holders, the person to merchants and business, where eNARA users can pay for items to merchants who have the eNARA wallet and vice versa. The presentation also showed how the government ministries, departments and agencies will be onboarded and use the e to do remittances to their staff and members of the public. Once there is mass adoption of this e and it also shows how citizens can make payments to government agencies using the e Now, also the central bank of Nigeria announced Bit Incorporation as its technical partner. The announcement of Bit Incorporation as a technical partner for this project brought about a lot of dust from the tech community in Nigeria. Many experts and stakeholders have continued to discuss the gains and possible challenges of this new technology. And also some have asked if the e-Naira is what Nigeria really needs now, and if Nigeria and Nigerians are ready for the e-Naira. We have been following the trend of this discussion. We've talked about the technology behind the e-Naira, the blockchain, and now we look at the implications in some areas of finances. Today, we have a banker. Stanley Onora, known on social media as online banker. He provides some insights into the many concerns surrounding the e-Naira in this episode. Welcome, how are you doing?
1: Oh, good morning, it's good to be on the show today.
0: Is the e-Naira simply a digital version of a country's national currency? What makes it any different from using or transferring money in, for example, my bank app online? How is it different?
1: Let me start with that money has always been digital with from the time when we started the paper notes from when we started doing the paper notes down to when we now started electronic banking money has mostly gone digital the difference here now is that you just like you have the cryptocurrencies that give birth to the idea of the central bank digital currencies that we have like the inner whatever central digital currency whether it's e1 inner e-dollar whatever it is is that it just takes away the narrow physical aspect of the cash but predominantly it's almost the same thing so if you were to look at it the only difference is that this is operating on the blockchain ledger while this has the traditional value base where you get your credits where you have like your POS or you have like your online figures on your account it's almost the same thing but just the difference here is that you have the blockchain ledger and that you have transaction costs that are cheaper, and some of the other advantages where it can be an open ledger or a closed ledger, like what you have in CBDCs. So mostly it's just the same thing. They're both online, they're both digital, and they both of them serve the same purpose.
0: Interesting. You mentioned something about cheaper transactions. Now, we've heard that the Inara will make it easier and more affordable to make transfers to people outside Nigeria and um, within Nigeria. Could you confirm this? And does it look likely that you know this thing would be an immediate solution or would Nigerians have to wait for some years for this affordability and ease and comfort and convenience to come?
1: It depends on what the CBN wants to do. I'll take back this to the case of Ripple. If you know XRP for people that have followed the cryptocurrency space for a while, XRP, which is Ripple, nice. they were the ones that started the whole idea of having transactions interborder before the whole rise of Bitcoins and people started trying to use it as the medium. But they came up with this idea that transactions within countries should not take two to three days. It should be settled immediately and that the transaction cost should be cheaper. Now for transaction cost across borders, you know, you have like your telex charge, you have like your offshore charge and other charges that accrue to maybe a transfer, depending on the amount too. And it's probably a percentage that some banks charge. So you are spending up to minimum of like a hundred or $100 trying to transfer maybe $2,000 to maybe like to America or somewhere, maybe from Nigeria. But what this does for you is that the central bank can tell you that okay we're going to transfer this money to you and whatever um, currency whatever if the country has like a digital currency an equivalent of a digital currency all they need to do is convert that money is from the in area to that bank's in area and there's a settlement between whatever platform that is being used whatever because this is at we're still at the infant stage a lot of people are still working around this even the one that in area that we have currently now is not at the final stage a lot of things are still being built so for example maybe a typical scenario so you want to transfer money now to America, and there is like an E-dollar, e and there is like an e From what you can do is you can just transfer your E-Nera. The CBN knows how to convert it, and it hits the E-dollar. Since it's electronic, it's central bank to central bank, so it almost settles immediately. You don't have to wait for days, or probably it settles in like hours. Depending on the confirmation or what sort of modality they do, they have. And it should be cheaper because you probably will circumvent a lot of charges that you need to maybe intermediary banks, because that's where the charges come. Intermediary banks, it moves from maybe this bank to this bank, then this bank needs to transfer to the other bank. It cuts all that and it goes directly. So it's possible, yes, it will cut transaction costs.
0: Now, this takes us to the issue of remittances. Data recently released shows that, you know, the remittances into Nigeria dropped, diaspora remittances dropped for the first time since the year 2018. But then yes. the promise of the ENIRA has been that you know it will make remittances into Nigeria, especially from diaspora, easy and affordable. How soon and um, how possible will this be
1: for the remittances? If you saw the modality that was released by CBN, they had um, they had one for um, MTOS, that's my um, um, international IMTO, sorry, international money transfer organizations. They had they had one for them. They had one for the MDAs what they are trying to do is for remittances they want to have an e-version where it's easier for people to once a remittance comes from any of the imtos they can easily just convert it to the inner and set it into the wallet of whoever needs the money but going back to your question about remittances remittances hasn't really dropped in nigeria people that are sending money down to nigeria are still sending money but they are now using alternative sources sources like Bitcoins, for example, there are so many startups that are not even named, where someone transfers as much as say, you instead of you transferring $10,000, Going to the bank or going to MoneyGram to ask for a code, or then when the person gets to the bank, get, gets to Nigeria, the money when the money hits Nigeria, the person goes to the bank, shows the code, presents their ID card, then the money is now all that hassle. What you do, there are certain fintechs now that have that option of paying in any cryptocurrency that you want, the likes of Bitcoins, the like of Ethereum, or um, so whatever, whatever um, whatever cryptocurrency that they accept, and they settle in that. The person gets instant value, confirms the transaction, then they use the NERA account and credit whichever beneficiary. It might be somebody's mother in the village, it might be somebody that is in one city. All they need to do is, once they've confirmed the money in the cryptocurrency, they credit the, the corresponding um, um, beneficiary instantly, and all this can take less than five minutes. So they found out that it's a lot easier and it's a lot cheaper for them to operate it through this routes. because, because they are not traditional banks, they can reduce their costs. They manage their own resources. They, they are trying to be competitive in the market. So they are as much as possible trying to get ahead of the game. So you are seeing a lot of people causing transaction costs in order to get people into their, into their own base. And that's why a lot of remittances are going through other sources. CBN that was actually why CBM mostly banned the cryptocurrency. So it wasn't they cut that so that they could see they could limit that. That's why they even came up with the four dollar for as it four or five dollars mm-hmm. per naira that you receive for us mm-hmm. a remittance into your account. So all those were the modalities they were trying to you know to show up remittances. But If you go online, you see so many sites saying Nigeria is one of the top destinations for Bitcoins. That is what it's being used to trade. People are using that to trade. People are using that to circumvent the Apex Bank.
0: Now, looking at the many solutions promised by the e-Naira and the fact that some fintechs and some other solutions are already on ground, there are already existing solutions. Uh, should Is it still necessary to have the e-Naira? I'm, I'm looking at different areas now. Is this just a let's just follow the crowd since it seems like cbdc is like the main thing now let's just follow the crowd and let's launch ours would this be a waste of money and resources or is this some sort of a strong national policy that would somehow find a way to save nigeria
1: you know i'm smiling for the sake of not sounding unpatriotic i will just smile first but the major thing there the major thing there is that we are in nigeria and being nigerians and and, um, having worked with Organizations in Nigeria, we are used to acting first before thinking. I think that's that's a is a syndrome. So they act first, and then you go back to think. Oh, this didn't work. As I, then they now start to then maybe for the fact that they've already brought it out, they now go back to say, oh, let's see how we can make this work. It has happened in lots of policies. Now in Nigeria, I think, in my own opinion, personally, I think it's a first of all, it's ill timed. Then secondly, we do not need it at the moment. There are countries that do not have instant transfers. There are countries that are still trying to, you know, understand African countries that when you transfer money, it hits like in two days. This is within the same country. They do not have the NIP that we have. NIP, which is we've had in Nigeria for how many years. So many countries do not have that currently. People are still coming to terms with that. Even America started that in 2017 Brazil. And so you realize that there are too many options. You have your POS, you have your USSD, you have your instant transfers um, within your app. If I want to transfer money to you, probably I'm using I'm using Access Bank, and I transfer money to you. You get it. You get the value instantly. And a lot of people are used to those other means. For you to have the inner, you need a smartphone. You need to download the wallet. How many market women that even have smartphones buy data regularly? A lot of people. If you check the data across board, the people that buy data are even segmented to people that only buy data for WhatsApp, people that only buy data for maybe um, TikTok or buy data for only um, Facebook. So that's why you have a lot of competition in the Facebook space for people that just buy data for that specific purpose. People are not buying data to do a lot more things. They are used to the USSD code. They are used to other traditions. That's why the PS stands are springing up across the country in mass. Because people are adopting those things. Now, going back to the wallet, Nigerians are skeptical about Yahoo, Yahoo. Will they break into my account? What is this one? So many people still do not understand. Even learning people do not understand what the whole idea of cryptocurrencies are, not to talk of the inner. I think it's something that is rushed and it will take years for us to come into terms. What we have currently is working. Infrastructure we have as a country is working. But I think what the CBN is trying to look at is they are trying to, you know, Aside copy, they're looking for ways to see how they can get Naira, get the dollar. I think everything that I, um, CBN does mostly, if you look at it from a critical eye, everything is just to ensure that they keep the Naira as stable as they can. Any way that I think this whole thing is directed at getting remittances. That's my own idea. They're, everything is targeted at remittances dollar, dollar, dollar. So I think it's ill timed and there's better use for the money that they are trying to spend on this project.
0: Hmm, interesting. I hope Nigeria actually achieves, or the CBN rather, achieves the plan of making sure that the Naira stays stable. Now, one major issue that the CBN has noted, you know, it had something to do with the restriction of Cryptocurrencies and the banking institution, the formal banking institution, is fraud and money laundering risk. Now, this uh, is some of the perceived advantages of this in era, too, according to the CBN, is you know reducing or eliminating fraud and money laundering risk. Are you positive that? Uh, for lack of a better word, to use the cabals, in quotes, will also be impacted by this new technology. And um, I mean, you're in the banking industry. Does this have the potential to reduce or eliminate fraud? And to what extent do you think it can go?
1: If there's anything that I agree with cryptocurrencies and anything being digital, is that it is traceable. All transactions done online leaves a digital footprint. Bitcoin, as large as they claim that Bitcoin is um, is anonymous, is not fully anonymous because it's an open ledger. Everybody can confirm every transaction that has ever gone through on the Bitcoin. You might not know the person that consummated the transaction, you might not know the parties involved, but you can confirm every transaction using the wallet that's you know. And if you check out, let's use the last case of um of the popular one, Hosh Poppy. That was arrested in the US, they were able to trace the Bitcoin accounts that they had. Maybe they wouldn't have the key to go into the account, but they could trace it. And so many other frauds that have happened across the world. So you um, it's traceable. That is one thing I applaud like the whole digital space for. The in in the case of the in era now, if you have transactions like the anti-money laundering that they are trying to, yes, in the future, if all the currencies, if we fully go digital. You be able to limit. You can trace transactions to from point A to points B. Who is transferring who? Where to who? What are they using it for? If you want to dig deeper, so it's possible. But at the infant stage where we are now, and I'm saying this from this year to you know a few years, we have not even we've not completed the cashless policy that we started a few years ago, where they said some states have still not adopted full cashless policies, and the cashless policy that the CBN wanted to um, roll out. It's a fantastic idea. Yes, it can limit anti-money laundering, but for the at the moment, it's not fully. It's not going to be adopted fully. Now, there's a cap of one millionaire for even merchants. That's for merchants. Therefore, for individuals doing P2P and peer-to-peer, you have a cap of about five hundred thousand. People that want to do money laundering are doing that in millions and in millions of dollars. So why would I need an in error? to do that. How would I want to go through an inner area? There are other sources for you to loan money that are not traceable, and you can do that in a large volume. So yes, this is almost like trying to, you know, kill 10,000 mosquitoes with a clap.
0: So it's more about uh, the full movement of the cash and uh, everything to digital space so that we can have a digital footprint of almost everything that has to do with money in the country. Okay, now you mentioned the caps uh, that have been set, the limits. Let's get into that um, shortly. Uh, The CBN mentioned some words, used some terms, non-interest bearing CBDC status, transaction limit for customers and value-based transaction limits what do these things mean in relation to the e
1: okay um, for a start you know they said um non-interest-bearing cbdc when the when the idea of central bank digital currency started people there were debates still an ongoing debate whether it should be interest-bearing or non-interest-bearing interest-bearing mean like how you have your savings accounts where it can bear interest for you so if i'm keeping my money it should earn me interest. That's an argument for people. I shouldn't just keep my money docile. So. And then to the other side, but the main proponents, the guys that are weighing the argument say are saying, if your money, the CBN, money in CBN at the moment, currently in Naira, is not bearing interest. It's like your banknotes, your banknotes in your pockets at the moment, or whoever that is listening. If you have your banknotes in your pockets, it's not bearing interest. So it's almost like that. So it shouldn't be an interest. So it's non-interest bearing. So it's almost like the bank notes you have in your pocket. It doesn't yield you interest unless you invest it in something that gives you returns. The value-based transaction that you talked about is just like the word value. They are from your P2P for a start. said When you're transferring P2P, there's going to be there's no cost at the moment for it. But there are still SMS charges, you know, from when you're dealing with your bank and all that. But there's no cost for between P2P transactions. So for every value that somebody value-based means, if I'm buying something from you, for example, and I'm, you know, you have, uh, you're selling your phone to me, you're selling your laptop to me, I'm transferring the money, which is the equivalent of whatever it is that I'm giving to you in monetary terms. Is the value that I'm getting, I perceive from that. So for every value transaction that that has been consummated between the both of us, there's an equivalent and it's capped at hundred thousand. So no matter what I'm doing, the value that you can give to me goes back to like the money laundering that we're talking about cannot exceed, say, five hundred thousand for every transaction, or cannot exceed one hundred thousand for a transaction for depending on the tier of accounts that we're operating. So that's the difference between the value-based and then the interest-bearing CBDC component. Okay. Of
0: the Inera. Yeah, you mentioned. Um, you made some allusion to cryptocurrencies. Nigerians have been described as the most crypto adopters globally. What impact do you think the Inera will have on the usage and the adoption of cryptocurrencies in the country?
1: If there is anything that the eNarrow has done or will do, is that it will push people into the cryptocurrency space. For people that are not even aware, for the central banks to come out and talk about, you know, the blockchain technology and literally how they want to rival the crypto, because that's what uh, that's what the whole essence of um, central bank digital currencies. They do not want to just let the whole tide of the cryptocurrencies take over the money space without them acting fast. So if there's anything it's going to do for Nigerians, it's going to move them into finding out what is this thing about? Oh, I can even develop a work, I can even download the wallet. It's permissionless. You don't need anybody to download a blockchain wallet or a Binance app or any of the cryptocurrency these things that are ongoing. So people are going to increasingly go into that and find out that okay, if this is interest bearing, you can people are investing into cryptocurrencies because it's it's almost like an asset at the moment where it's appreciated in value overnight. You can get like double your 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 coin can you know, can increase by value by 30, 40, 50 percent. It's going to push a lot more people into the cryptocurrency space as opposed to what the CBN is trying to do to try to limit people into the naira. And um people are already looking at the naira. like your know, the Naira, the in-era is pegged directly to the naira. which as of today, I don't know what the exchange rate is, but it's exchanging at the black market above five, five hundred and something there People are trying to you know look for ways to diversify their, their earnings. To keep to preserve their preserve as a store of value the money that they have how can they store it in something that you know they can get returns or at least when they are getting their money when they want to use their money they're getting the equivalent of what they're getting not that it's depreciating. So if there's anything that this would do it's going to move for mass adoption of other cryptocurrencies by a lot of young Nigerians that were not previously aware which um I don't think was the CBN's initial plan.
0: Hmm. If if we decide to look to the brighter side or to a brighter side, just for a yeah. moment, does the e-Naira have any advantages over cryptocurrencies that are already being traded and used for transactions by some Nigerians?
1: Yeah, on the brighter side, yes. When, when um, I talk about like, you know, countries adopting crypto, yeah, there are huge benefits to it. Um, for example, let me start from the side of anti-money laundering, terrorist financing, illicit activities, kidnapping, banditry. Or, you know, somebody just easily hacking your account. Let's use things that happen on a daily basis. Somebody stealing your money and going to, you know, transferring the money into an account and stuff. And you need to go to the bank to ask for KYC. But once it's digital, you can trace the money from every place that it moves. So this person transferred this money to this person. You don't need to go to, I don't need to go to an access bank to ask for a statement. I don't need to go to Zenith Bank to ask for a statement. I don't need to go to FCMB to ask for a statement. I can easily go on the ledger and see through where all this money passed. And all those people probably have NIN or BVN, depending on the tier of accounts that you have. So I can easily look on the chain and say, oh, this money moves from here to here to here, and this is the person it's with, and I can arrest everybody here for, them, for me to interrogate them. So you see it helps with AML, that's anti-money laundering, terrorist financing, and, and um, you know, flow of illicit funds around the country, which is good for Nigeria security, and security of any nation in general. So that has its advantage at that end. The second one is about taxation. Um, With with the movement of everything going digital, it's easy for you to have proper accounting. So for every money that moves, I cannot come and tell you today that, um, you know, I've been doing business, but, you know, the money I have is cash that I've been using to transact. And I said to my workers daily, if there isn't cash and everything is digital, you see all the money that I make and all the money that I remit, or everything that I have, you know, goes on through the digital space. So it's easier for for the taxman to come and say, okay, this is how much this person make, and it's easier for you to put a tax hold around the country, and the government can earn more taxes, and you know can have like proper tax audits across board. So it has that other advantage, too. And you know, the the CBN on the other side can. Users for whatever monetary policy they are bringing out, they can say, "Oh, you guys are not been acting in the best interest of the country, and we're cutting you off." It's easier for them to do that, as opposed to if you, if CBN say they, they are cutting me off today, and I still have my business running, I can you know do all my transactions cash. It might be costly for me, it might be riskier. I can you know do cash transactions, but if everything is on the digital platform, it's easier for the government to take certain you know decisions that will favor the government and favor the people if it's in the favor of the people. And you know, get better benefits out of that. So yes, it has advantages.
0: Now, this amount of control, especially by the government, is what a lot of people are also afraid of. Considering the accusations and counter-accusations by civil societies of the importance of a free civic space, you know, the threats of blocking social media platforms, restricting uh, trading of cryptocurrencies. It, should there be concerns over the era being totally under the control of the government? Do we, should we have any privacy concerns?
1: Yes. One of the reasons people adopted Bitcoins at the initial stage, the history of Bitcoins, when Bitcoin started, for example, I would like to use that because that's like the main cryptocurrency. When it started, it was used in the dark web. The dark web online is where people, you know, I'm smuggling and all because it was not traceable. People were not really paying attention. So you could use it for transactions that were, and people like that. Then it moved to the point where um, countries like China that has like a crackdown on, you know, that has this tight control over the over money flow in and out of the country. People that wanted to move money out of the country could adopt those these things, not because they were doing anything illicit, but because the government wanted, you know, they didn't want the government to have control over what they were doing as much as, as legit as their businesses were or oh, are. Ah. Now bringing that into Nigeria, we've seen um, we've seen cases where a lot of decisions that are taken are political, and they are even interfering with some of the institutions that are supposed to be independent, like the CBN. And for the, the fear there is, if you are a rice importer, and the government has said, oh, we're banning rice today, and they just know that for every rice importer that that is in a country, they're just saying, before we even take any decision, we're banning you guys from from the country, leave the country. And how are they going to ban us? They block our, our, our wallets. They block our space on the digital platforms, and we can't transact. So you see, it creates that problem. So if the government decides to favour certain people, they can do that because they have total control. So that total control is what people are scared of when it comes to. But that is the fear of that's the fear of central bank digital currencies, like in general, not just in Nigeria, but everywhere else. So when you are putting that sort of control into the hands of government. There's still that fear that it can be misused, depending on the type of government. If they are not democratic enough, if they do not obey, uh, um, obey the rule of law, and and other other things that come around when people are doing business, fairness and all that, and then anti-monopoly rules, and all, if they do not apply to your government, it's easier for them to to shut you out and you know kill you off as as quickly as they want. So yes, it's a huge challenge and it's a concern. And that concern is going to even go into the adoption of um, digital currencies as we move on.
0: Now, finally, to fintechs. Let's consider the fintechs in Nigeria who feel... Had done by the Central Bank of Nigeria for choosing a foreign firm from the Caribbean to pilot such an important move in you know technology. Do you share their pain? Do you share their concerns that you know Nigerians should buy Nigerian goods and products, Nigerians should eat Nigerian food and drinks, and also more importantly, Nigerians should use Nigerian technology.
1: Um, yes, I share their pain a hundred percent. I'm a Nigerian trying to, you know, work here. I and I've tried to do a number of businesses here. It's painful when the government, you know, goes on to say you should patronize everything Nigerian, and then they go and do the opposite. That's exactly why doctors are leaving Nigeria. So you can't tell me use this hospital. You know, Nigerian doctors are the best. But when it's time for you to fund the hospitals or pay. The Nigerians that are working there, you fly abroad to receive your treatment. It's the same thing that was meted out. In the case of the likes of Paystack, and uh, that, have, that have been able to raise money from top-tier venture capitalists around the world, means they have something of value that is comparable to anywhere around the world. Paystack is settling transactions around Africa, same thing with Flutterwave. So what it means is that these guys have the technology, they have the technological know-how to this thing that CBN is doing is just a wallet. It's not, they're not even doing anything. It's just a wallet. A wallet is what Nigerians can do. If they even make mistakes, yes, it's homegrown. It's something that can be corrected. We have InterSwitch that started off how many years ago and they have been doing amazing work. The likes of NIVS that does interbank settlement is the government parasito, but like that has a combination of like banks and all that. But it's been one of the most fantastic They settle transactions in volumes daily. And as much as they have their challenges, it's been an awesome, awesome technology. These were developed by Nigerians for Nigerians. Maybe it would help of one or two foreigners or something, but mostly by Nigerians, managed by Nigerians. You can't tell me that you have all those people and you're going to Canada and Tobago, going to one Caribbean island to look for a company to come and then develop your wallet. Then they now go back. Then you need to pay them again in dollars. When you're not encouraging us, you know, to spend the Naira, grow the Naira, are you encouraging the talent? So yes, I share your pain, And I think the CBN got it totally wrong in that regard.
0: Now, Ghana also chose a German company, G plus D, um, for the development the pilot of their own digital currency too. How, how do you think this plays out for the emerging and budding technology space in Africa?
1: I wouldn't compare Ghana in this regard to Nigeria. We are leaps and bounds ahead of Ghana in terms of our startups and our IT professionals. Nigerians are sought out everywhere around the world. And I'm not, I might be wrong, but I don't know about the composition of those companies. But I think no matter what they do, they will still have something that would link back to Nigerians that own one or two fintechs somewhere around the world. There are Nigerians that are operating fintechs around the world. Not, I'm not talking of Nigerian fintechs. There are people that are operating fintechs in France, in Germany, in the U.S., and they are sought after worldwide. We could easily get those people. It doesn't mean that the person must be in Nigeria, living in Nigeria. No, that's not how typically you say you must go in there. But there are Nigerians around the world. Ghana, in their regard, are doing this. A lot of Africans, there's a syndrome that we have in Africa where we feel that everything Western is superior to what we have here, which is not true because we've shown that in our education, we've shown that in, in so many aspects, music, in, in whatever form that we've decided to express ourselves, especially the youth, they've come to show that anything that could be offered there could be offered here with equal. if just that we have a challenging environment but the people are equally as bright as the people abroad. The transactions that were com- that were that were completing on the blockchain that is competing with the US does not mean that the people in US or people in Argentina or people someone in Brazil that you don't have people that are are spectacular. It only means that people that are in Nigeria are doing something that the whole world is listening to, and I think that's what the government is getting it wrong. Nigeria is not Ghana. Nigeria is not Syria alone. Nigeria is Nigeria, and Nigerians are intelligent people. So yes, um. I would, I'm going for Nigeria all the way and Nigerians.
0: Beautiful. We've been speaking to a banker known on social media as online banker Stanley Onora who has provided major insights into the main concerns surrounding the E-Naira as uh, it launches on 1st of October 2021. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for the insight shared with us today.
1: Thank you so much. It's good to be on the platform and you know and as the conversation goes, goes everybody should read up on what the cryptocurrency space is, what the e-Naira is, what the future of cryptocurrencies is, and how you can invest and divest to grow your money. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. While the discussions continue on the digital Naira, Nigeria has the opportunity to get it right for the continent by making this giant step. As a popular saying goes, you can't tell how a story turns out by looking forward. You can only tell by looking backward when the story ends. But we do not have the privilege of hindsight, so we must act decisively.
1: Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.